welcome to Educationally Speaking. My name is Sarah Davis, and I'm a communication specialist with Oakland Schools and the host of this podcast. The goal of Educationally Speaking is to focus on important topics related to education here in Oakland County, Michigan. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed many issues when it comes to education access. Nationwide, there has been an increase in the number of students absent from school, and it's not due to illness. The same issue has also been noticed in our state, and Oakland County is no exception. More and more children are quote-unquote missing from classrooms, and there's a, my a myriad of reasons why. Here to discuss this topic and some possible solutions for this newest education crisis is Oakland Schools Manager of District and Pupil Services, Carolyn Clearhout, Oakland Schools Homeless Services Consultant, Sarah Orris, and Cassandra Baptiste, Assistant Superintendent of Teaching and Learning at Oak Park Schools. All three of you have been working very hard to tackle this issue, so thank you for being here and lending your expertise. Thank you for having us, Sarah. No problem. So Carolyn, we'll start with you because you have some numbers and stats that you wanna share with us. Dr. Rice, the state superintendent, released a statement on December 16th that stated 53,000 fewer students enrolled this year than last. He indicated that Michigan's public school population has declined by 13,000 students over the last 10 years. So that explains some of the drop. There are also 13,000 fewer kindergarten children than last year. He believes that's due to parent choice to delay kindergarten during this pandemic school year. In addition, parents of more than 17,000 students told their public school districts upon exiting this year that they were gonna homeschool. And that's 14,000 more students moving to homeschool than usual in a usual school year. But Dr. Rice acknowledged that this leaves 13,000 students unaccounted for or missing in our state. We looked at the Oakland County data and there is a drop in countywide enrollment of over 6,400 students. And in kindergarten, the drop is significant, around 2,000. So we know in our county, many parents have elected to delay kindergarten. And our county data aligns with the data shared by the state superintendent. We unfortunately though, have no way to track the students who are homeschooling because there is no registration requirement for homeschoolers. And we have no way of tracking the students who are attending private schools. So it's really difficult to determine where these students are attending. As the state superintendent said in his December 16 memo, Finding these missing students has to happen at the local level. Very interesting. And Cassandra, you were on the ground in your district witnessing this issue when it first really began in September. Can you talk a little bit about what your district did initially to try to get a handle on it? Yes, absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Sarah, um, and everybody on the call. I'm really happy to be here with you all. I onboarded at Oak Park Schools in July of 2020, and there were already people that were um, on the ground before I arrived at Oak Park Schools. Um, and so if I were to just backtrack just a little bit, in March of 2020, when the pandemic first hit, um, 
there was a lot of work that was being done to even close the divide with technology and what I refer to as techwity. And so as a district, uh, the superintendent and everybody in central office, all the school building principals, teachers, um, all came together and um, collaborated in getting names, addresses, locations, telephone numbers of students and families in order to deliver devices. And so we then as a district became aware of, wow, you know, we are a school of choice. Uh, we have over 100 zip codes that of student populations, like students are coming in from over 100 zip codes throughout uh, the county between Wayne County and also Oakland County. Um, and so getting those resources out to families and being able to accurately reach our families was something that was front and foremost by the time I arrived and then the things that started happening in September, getting our, all of our ancillary staff on board and our teaching staff on board, even our paraprofessionals to call home and to verify, do we actually have the correct name, address, telephone number, email, preferred mode of communication for our students and their families? Um, and from there, we then realized, you know, attendance is an issue in districts all across the United States before COVID. So what are the things that we can do now considering the, the impact that COVID now has um, and the glaring disparities that it highlights? What can we do as a district to collaborate with one another to help support not only our missing students, but also just in general, um, all of the resources that are needed in this time. So we then developed an attendance task force. Um, and that was initially the idea of our superintendent who tapped, you know, me into this as the newly appointed assistant superintendent for teaching and learning. And I thank her for that. The vision that she has of it's not just on the teacher. It's not just on the building principal. This is something that the, the entire district is accountable for. Um, and so where I came in was, okay, well, I'm in the process of leveraging relationships and getting to know people. This is the perfect opportunity to collaborate with our building principals, our school secretaries, our all ancillary staff to come together to form attendance task forces, not only within central office, but what does it look like at the school building level? Um, so that's really how everything got started for us, which then led to me reaching out to Miss Carolyn Clarehout and then everybody at Oakland schools, where do we get started? Where do we, where, where we've got all these resources and all of these people and human capital, um, but what are some of our next steps? And we don't want to be um, just having an, having an abundance of resources in, in some areas, but then feeling like we don't have enough in other areas, but we do, how do we connect the dots and figure what's the process for uh, truancy? What's the difference really? How can we get information to our teachers on the difference between chronic absenteeism, truancy, and looking at attendance as in this time, it's really an emergency, it's a crisis holistically, what are the things that we need to be doing as a district community to promote coming to school, checking in with our students, calling the families. Absolutely. So Carolyn, when the districts in Oakland County reached out to Oakland schools for help, because Oak Park wasn't the only one, what did Oakland schools do? We did identify the potential of students not returning to school this year, around the same time that Cassandra said Oak Park realized it was going to be an issue which was in the March, April uh, timeframe. And so even before the school year started, we were strategically thinking, what can we do to help districts with school attendance this year? 
and one of the first things we did is decided it's not going to be attendance anymore. It's going to be engagement. How are we going to get students engaged in school this year? Um, so one of the first things we did as part of a three day countywide conference that Oakland schools hosted for teaching and learning was we presented on student attendance and engagement uh, and provided strategies for administrators, teachers to get students engaged in school. And this fall, we created a document that said, you can't take the school year off because when we were reaching out to the families that we already had in our truancy referral system, we heard a lot of families say, yeah, we're just not gonna go to school this year. And so to respond to that, we provided a document that said, wow, we still have a mandatory compulsory uh, school law that if you're between the ages of six to 18, you really gotta go to school. So we provided a list of our 28 um, public schools, a list of our charter schools, a list of cyber schools that were available to our communities, as well as um, the private schools and how to register as a homeschooler with the state. In addition, we provided community resource, a list of community resources for families to use. Uh, we knew it was going to be a challenging year. And so uh, we wanted to start a resource page. And I know Sarah Orrest has even more fabulous resources to mention than I do. Um, but in addition, we decided we um, had to do something more. So we had contacted the MDE. They created an Every Student Matters Toolkit. Uh, and we also created what we called Operation Student Engagement. We offered to help districts in their effort to locate students who hadn't shown up this year. We did all this in the fall. We reached out to every district. Many had already taken on that role of contacting, contacting their families like Oak Park had done. But we used my 10 person pupil services team to contact these families on behalf of the school districts with the goals of just trying to make sure these students and families are engaged in school. That's why we called it Operation Student Engagement. We probably called over 600 families in our county um, to reach out to um, families to find out what was happening. And now, as we are getting close to halfway through the school year, we are really working on encouraging students to stay the course, stay engaged in school. And we haven't changed our model. We're still using what we call the three A's, attendance plus attachment equals achievement. And the best and most effective way to meet these three A's, attendance, attachment, and achievement, is to be a caring adult. So we're trying to model caring adults. Uh, so when we are reaching out to families and students, we are just trying to listen and understand and encourage them to be engaged in school. And so when you're reaching out to these families, what are you learning about why students are missing school? Yeah, wow. Well, 
there, as you know, we have a variety of challenges out there and students are missing school for a variety of reasons. Cassandra has already mentioned the technology divide or tech equity, I love that word, Cassandra. Um, we also know kindergarten is not mandatory, but wow, is it important. Uh, so, but we have parents who have decided not to send their children to kindergarten. And I, in some ways you can't blame them, but they're saying because of the pandemic, we're not coming until real school returns. Um, we also know some families may have transferred to private schools that were offering the traditional brick and mortar option or transferring to already established cyber or virtual schools. And we had districts who tried to offer 100% in-person brick and mortar learning, but had to switch to virtual because of COVID concerns. And we had families who only wanted the in-person option, and we had families who feared the in-person option. So as a result, many, different, many districts offered 100% virtual, and or what we called hybrid options or hybrid models where you were going to be some days in school brick and mortar and other days virtual um, but as you know dhhs orders required schools to shut down so virtual became the only option and i have to tell you this constant changing the constant unknowing added additional stressors to not only our families but our teachers um, this year has been challenging. Um, we suspect families and students are finding virtual learning hard and particularly challenging on top of all the other responsibilities and stresses that this pandemic has brought. Um, we have parents who are juggling work and family. We have teachers juggling work and family. Um, so this has been a stress for all of us, uh, students, teachers, parents, families, and communities. Absolutely. Um, so that's sort of the school side, although you, you touched on the emotional component just now, but Sarah, can you talk a little bit more about some of the issues that these families are going through emotionally that may have an impact on whether or not they're sending their children to school? Thank you again for having me, Sarah. Um, you know, Carolyn uh, touched on this briefly and so did Cassandra about the technology divide uh, and the tech equity divide. And although school districts are doing a great job of providing technology to students and families when they can get it to them, there also then becomes, uh, we've heard, a barrier with um, being able to utilize that technology. Um, we've heard there are sometimes households where maybe the parent isn't uh, very familiar with technology and they aren't able to easily assist their students in getting online and then navigating to the appropriate platforms that the various districts are using. Um, and so that's especially needed if you have the younger students who maybe aren't used to using technology and that can quickly become overwhelming and frustrating to families. And so we've heard at that point sometimes the parents and students are shutting down and not even trying to access and get engaged in school because they have sort of been overwhelmed right from the beginning and trying to utilize that technology. Um, additionally, many of our low income families are employed, but they are working in jobs that don't have any availability to work from home or any flexibility. And if they don't work, then they're gonna be unable to provide anything for the families. 
so they're leaving their children somewhat unsupervised at times and they're not able to be sort of hands-on in the home and encouraging them to be online and fully participating and trying to be engaged in learning. Um, so that's becoming a barrier and then we're, you know, not getting that um, part of those aids that uh, Carolyn was talking about. They're not connecting and they're not, they're not getting connected with school. And then finally, um, there are thousands of families in the county that are living in what we call doubled up situations. So meaning that they're sharing the housing of others because of financial hardship and homelessness. Um, and so this can cause additional stress in general on families and students that are in that sort of living situation from day to day. But it's even more so during the pandemic and during uh, virtual learning because students are reporting it's hard to find quiet spaces in a home where they may be living with two or three families in a household and there's five or six kids trying to all be in a space in order to do their learning. So all of that is just compiling and providing, offering more emotional and stress on the entire situation. Absolutely. Uh, Cassandra, you said you originally reached out to families once you saw students were missing, and you mentioned the task force briefly, but can you talk in a little bit more detail about what the task force does? Absolutely. Uh, the attendance task force really came together at the end of October, early November. And one of the first things that we did uh, was establish who would be the members of that task force. So there are school building principals or assistant principals. There are folks who are a part of our central office administration. And I wanted to take it a bit further and also include our um, school secretaries um, and administrative uh, assistants who oftentimes are the ones who are the touch point between teachers, students, families, but maybe aren't a part of administrative meetings. Um, maybe they're some of the people who run my star reports are um, people who are a part of central office who, are, who oversee enrollment should also be a part of this task force. And we meet every other week. Um, and we started off with conducting a self-assessment at the district level and then a self-assessment at the school building level. And the team sort of feathers out or umbrellas out even more once it's at the school building level because there are also members who are a part of our multi-tiered system of supports. So our school psychologists, our counselors, um, and really the point of it is to not only look at data and discuss data and, and to start making some uh, decisions around what kind of strategies we should be implementing that'll have the greatest amount of impact, but even the strategies around how do we do home visits in this virtual landscape? Um, what are some of the best ways that we can have student engagement activities, you know, where it might be out of school hours um, or before school hours, but there are some students who are, who want tutoring, who are reaching out to their teachers, who, you know, what are some of the non-traditional ways that we can leverage the attendance task force to increase student engagement? Um, so after we, um, after we completed these self-assessments, we also realized there are some community-based organizations that we can tap into. And they are, we're, in, we're, we're still in the beginning phases of this, but they eventually will also be a part of our attendance task force as well. Various consultants that are part of Oakland schools, different organizations that are in the Southeastern Michigan area, um, and really, going back to that tech, like looking at where are we now in regards to 
um, our missing students, attendance in general, um, and just thinking about like, as I spoke to earlier, how do we contact our students and families? What's the level of contact that we have? In terms of connectivity, are we ensuring that all students and families have digital access and competency? And so I'm so grateful for Oakland Schools because we have an, uh, an instructional technology integration specialist who works with us three days a week, and that's Ms. Lauren Marcelletta, who's amazing. Some of the things that she does are screencasts of how do you even log on to your Google Classroom. Um, my star, the parent end on my star, screencasts for families that we can then share at the district level and at the school building level for how do you navigate as a, as a parent your child's attendance information or my star in general. Um, part of the attendance task force is also thinking of relationship building. Are we establishing reciprocal relationships with students and families? How are we creating connections and support um, within our school communities? What kinds of activities do we have going on? And then finally, student participation. What are some of the student participation learning opportunities that we have to increase that engagement? It could be something as simple as today's crazy hat day. Because um, some of our students, you know, they, they're there, but the screen might be off. How do we then even increase, like, you're here at school. It's such, it's so exciting that you're here. Welcome. We're here to support you. How are you? We're checking in with you and we're learning. Um, and I'm grateful for the attendance task force because it, it at first started off as something in my mind that would be more data related, but now I see it as something that's community-based and grassroots, but also very strategic. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I, it, I know it's early on, but do you feel like it's been successful? Have you seen some benefits from it? I think some of the benefits have been, you know, a lot of times you're addressing attendance and you could be at the central office or you could be an individual principal dealing with attendance in your school building. And so because there are members that are representing each school, we are all able to come together and look at data and some of the trends from each school community and even some of the tidbits, something as simple as what are some of the ways in which you are supporting your teachers in engaging in the two-way communication that's now a requirement? What are some of the ways in which you're helping to support your staff with attendance? What are some activities that can take place during advisory? Um, if you have any school cultural events happening, what are some strategies that you use at the elementary level that might also benefit the high school level? Whereas maybe before we might have been functioning in a silo, we're breaking down some of those silos and coming together in greater collaboration. And it's been really insightful to have that relationship between central office, school buildings, but then ultimately our multi-tiered um, system of supports, our MTSS teams to be able to come together because some of the folks on, on the attendance task force also serve on our MTSS team. Um, so major gains I think have been made and some underlying strategies that we're gonna be implementing with family and community engagement a lot of that comes out of the attendance task force. So Carolyn, Oak Park has started this task force, which maybe that's something other districts would, you know, be interested in, in creating a model like that. Um, the state has released some toolkits as well. Are there any other resources that you're aware of that districts can use uh, for this new issue? Yes, and we are grateful to Oak Park and We've been sharing data with them um, and they have asked us to join their task force and we look forward to working with Oak Park. And we're hoping the Oak Park 
task force can be a model for some of our other districts in the future of how to uh, engage students. So we're pretty excited to be working with Oak Park on their uh, new task force efforts. Some great websites and toolkits. The best one out there that I strongly recommend is Attendance Works, and I know Cassandra mentioned that already. Their website is www.attendanceworks.org. They started as a chronic absenteeism um, group that went nationwide that basically shared when a student misses 10% of the school year, they have significant learning outcomes. Um, they drop out of school, they can't read by third grade. Um, so they were really shifting the mindset from addressing truancy to addressing all kinds of absences. And when you miss 10% of the school year or 18 days, you are, your education is significantly impacted. And when they rolled that out, we joined them hand in hand in the beginning. We had Hetty Chang here. Uh, she is uh, six or seven years ago. Well, so chronic absenteeism has been something we've been addressing, but they shifted on a dime and this summer put out pandemic learning and student engagement models and they have them in more than one language. So I direct everyone to Attendance Works. Um, in addition, the MDE has really put out some good toolkits, not only on attendance, but they have a mental health one. I know Sarah will talk about that. And you can find those at um, www.michigan.gov MDE. Or you can email me for local information and what we're doing in our county. And that's Carolyn, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N dot Clairehout, C-L-A-E-R-H-O-U-T at Oakland dot K-12 dot M-I dot U-S. Thanks, Carolyn. And Sarah, from the mental health standpoint, where can our audience find resources? Sure, thank you. Um, well, Oakland Schools has been working very hard since the beginning of the pandemic to pull together a variety of resources for both educators and parents to help support the well-being of students and families as a whole. Um, we have basic needs resources, mental health resources, social and emotional learning resources, and much, much more. Um, resources are sorted into various folders by topic, and there's also a specific, specific folder with some translated resources as well. Um, we have several resources in both Spanish and Arabic, um, and we've been continually working to update the folders to make sure that they are uh, updated with most relevant and up-to-date resources available. Uh, folks can find that um, Google folder at, if they type B, I T dot L Y forward slash O S supporting well dash being into their browser and it will open up our Google document where they will find a direct link to the community resources and many other supports. And I'm always available as well to help connect folks to appropriate resources and I can be contacted at Sarah, S-A-R-A dot Oris, O-R-R-I-S at Oakland 
www.k12.mi.us. Excellent. And all of that information, both what Carolyn provided and what Sarah provided, because I know it's hard to copy down links when you're listening to something, is, is in our show notes that um, you can access through the podcast. So be very easy to just click on those links and, and take a look at the great resources that they've provided. So thank you to each of you for being on the show today and offering insight and solutions to this growing issue in education. We appreciate your ground level work in trying to ensure all students have access to education. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you, what a pleasure. Thanks for having us. No problem. This podcast was brought to you by Oakland Schools Intermediate School District's Communication Services and is produced by Media Production and Distance Learning Manager Mark Hansen. Oakland Schools is a regional service agency that offers support services to school personnel, which are better delivered regionally and provide cost, size, and quality advantages to those we serve. You can find more information on Oakland Schools at Oakland k12.mi.us. I have been your host for this podcast, Sarah Davis, and you can find this in future episodes of Educationally Speaking on Anchor FM. We hope you will join us for our next episode where we will continue to bring you topics that affect every student every day.